Welcome to Insight Faster, a podcast by MDPI. Open access is only really open if it's open to everyone. So we decided to sit down with some of our researchers to let them explain some of the fantastic work that they do. We'll talk about what it means to them, but also how it's going to affect all of us. Thanks for tuning in. What is Peer Review Week? Why is it important? On this episode of Insight Faster, an MDPI podcast, I, along with my colleague Unai Viserio, speak to the co-organizers of Peer Review Week, Jayashree Rajagopalan, Senior Manager and Global Community Engagement for Cactus Communications and Co-Chair of Peer Review Week 2022. Also, we speak with Daniela Padula, Marketing and Community Development at Scholastica. We take this opportunity during our casual conversation to reflect on past Peer Review Week events, the growth of Peer Review Week, and what it means to the scholarly publishing community. We also dive into this year's theme in supporting research integrity while looking at the power of community engagement and participation in selecting such topics. We lastly look ahead at future Peer Review Weeks and how we anticipate research integrity will change in 2023 and beyond. My name is Stefan Tolchev, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Insight Faster, an MDPI podcast, Peer Review Week edition. So welcome, and thank you very much um, uh, for joining us for this conversation for peer review in support of research integrity. Uh, It's an important uh, discussion and topic and very interesting theme, and I love how you've also went about selecting the theme. You open it up to the audience and see how people vote. So that's an interesting approach I'd love love for us to discuss during this call as well. Uh, But before we get into anything in particular, even the topic at hand, maybe just a few minutes, if you can introduce yourselves um, for our listeners and share a bit about your duties and a bit about your background. Sure, absolutely. Joshua, do you want to go ahead and start? I was just going to ask you if you want to go ahead and start. <laughs> I go. So, hi, my name is Jayashree, uh, Jayashree Rajgopalan. I am with Cactus Communications, which is a global technology company. We focus on providing uh, solutions and services for researchers, and we work with a lot of publishers and institutions. We've been around um, since 2002, and I have been part of the Peer Review Week Steering Committee since uh, since for the past five editions actually uh for the past two years i've been uh, i've been co-chairing peer review week with danielle it's been a fantastic experience we can share more about it as we go but in my role i lead author community engagement at cactus so this essentially means that i speak to a lot of researchers and uh, try and come up with solutions to provide a sort of safe safe uh, safe space where researchers can get together, talk about uh, what they are expecting from each other, you know, maybe try provide a networking platform for them. How can they talk to peer reviewers or editors? So that's the kind of work I do. It's pretty exciting. And being with Peer Review Week gives me the other side of engagement where I can speak with people um, who who are involved in scholarly communications in a different level. So this sort of gives uh, gives me a really nice set of perspectives to deal with. And uh, yeah, very excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Um, And my name is Danielle Vajula. I head up marketing and community development at Scholastica. For those unfamiliar with us, Scholastica is a web-based journal management software provider. We have modular um, software and services. We have a peer review system, a digital first article production service, 
and open access journal hosting platform. Um, all of our solutions are designed to help small and medium publishers work smarter and really meet the latest industry standards sustainably. So things like having rich metadata, being able to connect to different archives and indexes, all of that good stuff um, in a way that is sustainable for the people in the organization um, and also financially sustainable in these times of, of rapid change. Um, we've been around since about 2012, which is um, exciting and kind of hard to believe. So we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary now. Um, and our mission is really to empower scholarly organizations of any size to publish, disseminate, um, and you know, share top quality research more efficiently and affordably than traditional options um, so that they can focus on furthering their missions and scholarly research in their fields. Um, personally, I love what I do. Uh, I get to um, head up a lot of our content development at Scholastica. We're a very resource and education driven organization. We work with journals kind of across the spectrum from um, scholar startup journals like Discrete Analysis, which was launched by uh, Timothy Gowers um, over at Cambridge. Um, about five years back now, it's hard to believe, maybe more. Um, and we also work with um, larger publishers. So University of California Press, the publisher we work with, um, MIT Press, um, Penn Press, things like that. So um, we run the gamut and um, it's really exciting for me, I think, to be able to um, work with, help produce resources for and, and sort of um, elevate um, the platforms of these different publishers. And I'm so excited to be a part of Peer View Week this year. Awesome. Thank you so much for that introduction. And uh, I, I mean, it's so cool to hear uh, not only your experience, but also involvement in peer review over the past, like you said, Jayshree, five years. And uh, how have you seen it evolve over those five years? If you were to reflect back on, I mean, phenomenal uh, participation in the poll as of recent compared to last year. So you're seeing the audience and the engagement. But in general, what are some things in the way you've seen it evolve over the past five years or over the past few years, even in general? Oh, great question. When I first started uh, started participating in the peer review weeks during committee discussions, I was very wide eyed, and you know, I was I was people that uh, you know I looked up to. I read their work, and it was very exciting for me to be involved uh, in in trying to set up an activity with everybody else. Uh, for me, from the beginning, I think it has been truly about community. It has been about people who who might. Um, to be very honest, who might in another space compete with each other, but peer review week is is like the it, it it's a leveler. It brings everybody together, and irrespective of what your personal interests are, or what your organization's interests are, it's it's that one week, it's that one event that brings everybody together with that one common cause, of you know let's get the community talking about peer review. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's about community, if anything else, and people are stepping forward to uh, sort of volunteer and say, you know, this is what I can do to amplify peer review week. This is what I can do to reach out to more researchers. I can publish an interview. I can write content. I can promote the press release. So I think it's fantastic the way it has gone. And from the beginning, um, from the early early years to now, I think there's a lot more structure. There's a lot more clarity. And there's a lot more interest in volunteering, and um, the duties of uh, the duties or responsibilities of different members are much more clearly defined. And it's also easier for us to find answers to some questions because we already have legacy from then. But I think what really uh, has been a game changer over the past two years has been the fact that we opened it up to the community even before we decided the theme. I think that is truly a milestone for us because. Previously, we were saying this is a community event, but this was a smaller group of people deciding 
how it would be. But now for the past two years, we've changed that. And I think that uh, that has been fantastic. And for me, I think personally, the fact that Danielle and I could make this decision and drive it for the first time, I think is a huge, uh, I just feel grateful to be, to be able to drive that kind of change. So, so how do you think the community is taking this change and this uh, event? Do, do you think that the community is responding in a positive way to it? I think I'd like Daniel take that question. Um, yeah, no, I would echo everything that Jayashri said um, about the lead up to it. And yeah, I think that we've gotten a very positive response. Um, when we first ran the survey, you know, just for an example, um, in 2021, we got 380 responses and we were very excited about that. Um, this time we got um, over 1200 responses. So I think that, you know, sort of alone speaks to, um, I think that the survey has helped to raise awareness of peer review week in a way that we weren't before, because it sort of gets people excited. There's like an amplification before the event even starts of like, what should the theme be and people weigh in. And what's amazing to me, and I think really um, just speaks to how committed I think everybody in um, in our field is in scholarly publishing and higher education. And I will um, emphasize too, I, I think something Jashri and I care about and that we've been excited to see is seeing Peer Review Week move beyond just the publishing people to also the higher ed community in a more meaningful way because peer review touches so many people and so many are involved as stakeholders. Um, so I would say, I think being able to see people from all of those different, you know, camps sort of coming together and having really, you know, thoughtful discussions and debates about the different topic options. Because of course, even before we put out a, a poll internally, we, um, you know, we had to decide some options for people. We didn't make it sort of completely freeform. So um, I think those discussions have been very cool to be a part of. And um, I think a benefit of Peer Review Week, in addition to all of the great content we get to put out, is also as an organizer, you just learn so much and you get to work with so many really incredible people. So I'm very grateful for that. And I think that um, I think what we're doing is helping to amplify it and get people more excited. I hope so. I don't think anyone thought of this five years ago, four years ago. Uh, speaking to people from Peer Review Week, about Peer Review Week, before Peer Review Week. So what, what you're doing with us is helping us amplify it. So I don't think this is something we did before. So this, I think, is another example of how the community is responding. So thank you for responding and uh, putting this together. Thank you for making time to connect with us and chat about it. It's exciting things. Uh, before we even dive into further questions, I really want to extrapolate a little bit more on this kind of poll idea because I'm looking at the results here, and it's very fascinating that you know, uh, 29 about 30 percent, 29.2 percent selected research integrity um, as the theme, and then. Very interestingly enough, you have the other options, which are great themes on their own, ranging between 15 to 20 percent. What when you see that, what is that? What are you taking away from that? Knowing, okay, that obviously you have a clear selected winner here at, at about 30%, but the others are not that far off at 15 to 20%. They kind of uh, coming together in that regard. What are you, what's the internal conversation like when you see the results of these of the of this poll? Yeah, so I think that I will say, I think internally as a committee, we were almost surprised that this theme was chosen this year because Peer Review Week, we've had um, trust in peer review as a theme in the relatively recent um, past. Um, I think also too, though, because some of our internal discussions was a good reminder of because a lot of people 
are getting involved in peer review week for the first time. I don't know sort of how common knowledge that is. So probably to the majority of people, this theme feels very new. Um, but I think also what, what was useful is then in unpacking it, starting to realize what are the distinctions between the idea of trust in peer review and then research integrity. There's a lot more to unpack, I think, with research integrity. Trust is an output, right, like a, um, a result of, of promoting and having best practices for research integrity, but um, there's so much more that can come from it too. I mean, things like um, if we consider for reproducibility, making open data available, that can also then contribute to the integrity of the scholarly record in other ways. And that, of course, can help with trust, but it also could, you know, maybe open up possibilities for new types of research to happen that couldn't before for us to be able to have reproducibility studies so that people can save the work of somebody else trying to do the same thing again without knowing it was done before. So I think there's a, a wide scope to this theme. And I think um, speaking to your question of, you know, sort of how we felt of the other themes being so close in the running, um, I do think what is somewhat cool, and maybe I have a tendency to sort of want to like check all the boxes all the time, but I do think that um, this theme touches on some of the other ones in different ways. So I, I think that there are still opportunities for people to um, think about things like especially encouraging, you know, collaboration and peer review. How do you do that? How do we ensure that research is becoming more equitable, which is so integral to integrity. So I think that these points like will come up in different ways. And I will say too, and I think Jashri, I, I want to give you a chance too. I think probably for us as um, you know, part of the committee, those themes that were close in the running, they'll be kind of bubbled back up in future years. So I think that's kind of how we'll think about it. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty much the same. Uh, I guess the first reaction was uh, a lot of joy because uh, one, we saw a lot more people had taken um, had, had taken the time to decide and said, you know, let's talk about this. And then we went back to tying it up with research integrity. And then the biggest challenge for us was uh, trust and peer review had already been a theme in during one of its previous editions. So how do we not, how do we make sure it's not a duplication of conversations? How do we keep conversations fresh? And how do we keep them relevant? And that's when we realized um, there was a reason why the community probably chose this as a theme. Uh, look at what we've all gone through over the past three years. And, you know, and uh, probably the biggest reminder is, is the distraction of papers during the pandemic. So when we know, when we know that what we are reading, the quality of our lives, the most important uh, decisions that we take, they're all backed by science. So the first question the most essential question that, that underlies everything is, is the science robust? Can I trust it? And what is one of the things that leads to trust in science? Peer review, how, how robust is the peer review process? So that, that's, that's the sort of journey that we started, I think, following in our head, and that's how we see it right now. And how the community interprets it, um, I think, I think it'll all unravel as we start seeing a lot more blog posts during peer review week, a lot more conversations. I'm sure different people will take a stab at it in different ways. It's, it's really exciting. Like Daniel said, it has so many layers to it. One simple element is, is very simple. Um, people, we're talking about processes, but behind every single process here is other people. So speaking of peer review, one important question, is peer review truly equitable? Is everyone represented equally here? 
will increasing or improving representation in peer review make people feel more involved and will it change the quality of peer reviews? Will it make that better? Thereby maintaining or improving research integrity. It's so exciting. I'm going out of breath even <laughs> speaking about it, but yeah, it's really cool. And, and moving specifically to this uh, trust on the peer review process, which are the issues that you think that are now, I mean, when, when people have these concerns or may have some doubts about the peer review trust and, and trust in the process, which are the main uh, issues that are put on the table and, and, and what would you say to that? Yeah, I think right now I'm speaking to sort of the, I think the current like political climate to an extent, the news cycle that we have that's so fast. I think a lot of people, there's a lot of information being thrown at all of us every day. And that's outside of academia. It's sort of like we're all living in Times Square or something. Like everywhere you go, you just have people like putting content, you know, in your news stream and in your Twitter feed and all these things. And I think it's such a, it's such an amazing thing and also such a, it's so silly, but I always think of, it's like the Spider-Man quote, right? Like with great power comes great responsibility. Like we, especially in the academic community now have the power to put out content and to get in front of people in so many different ways. And I think there's then also the responsibility of helping them to understand it and to be a part of it. And I think such a challenge with academia um, for so long is this idea of the ivory tower, you know, and especially I, I'm thinking really about, you know, peer review in the public right now. And I think that for the public, um, science can feel, you know, very inaccessible. Research can feel very inaccessible and confusing. And unfortunately, then there are, you know, certain outlets that have, you know, potentially sort of seen the idea that research can't be trusted or that, you know, science isn't, you know, real or something. And I think especially with COVID, these are things that we've seen um, that are very concerning to lots of people. So I think that, um, you know, one of the main things that stands out to me as far as research integrity is that public facing side of it, of being able to communicate, you know, clearly and succinctly, you know, how were studies conducted and, you know, what do people need to know about them to make that information accessible to the public. Um, so I think that's a part of it. And I think then, you know, to Jayashri's point, it, it really is, I think with integrity, it's about the publishing life cycle. Trust is an output of that, but research integrity is about all of the parts and pieces that lead up to the trust. So I think things that we're talking about now, you know, certainly the reproducibility crisis is a conversation that's been going on for many years. I feel like we're actually getting to a point now where there are really exciting innovations where it's like, oh, wow, that sounds like a solution. And, and one thing that comes to mind that I think is interesting is, um, the um, registered reports, you know, framework for peer review of actually peer reviewing the methods and, and models of the research and the research question before the outcome. Um, you know, research spin is such a real concern. And it's also, I think, um, something where we need to have empathy sort of for the scientific community, you know, as far as having, uh, you know, the difficulty of, of trying to sort of do all the things, right? As a scientist, you have to do science, you have to stay on top of all the science, and you also want to advance your career. And there are, unfortunately, I think the incentive system, I think many would agree, is, is not sort of stacked in such a way that it always encourages um, you know, the, the best of outcomes. And I, I think that registered reports and um, I know um, Brian Nosek is, you know, huge behind that um, initiative and um, everyone at the um, Open Science Foundation 
Um, so I, I think that that's just, or I'm sorry, the Center for Open Science, apologies. Um, I think that that is, uh, you know, just one, one example. Um, also preprint, you know, peer review, um, early posting of preprints and um, the, you know, go fair initiative. So I think these are all real things we see happening. And um, those are the things I think of is, is reproducibility and um, transparency. When we go back to the actual peer review week in itself, and you look back over the years, can you pinpoint to a few moments over those years where you have felt like, wow, due to peer review week, we've seen this impact in particular that's been really, we're really proud of it. It, it could be a converse. I mean, I'm, I love hearing about the community coming together. That's an important aspect and wonderful. I'm curious to see, are there another one or two milestones in your, in your personal experience with peer review week that throughout the years you felt like that, that was a really memorable one for me and for this, this is why. Could you share maybe a few, if you can reflect on that? Yeah, uh, I have two that, that really struck a chord with me. Uh, these were two peer review week editions. Uh, the first was about uh, recognition in peer review. And that was such an intense, uh, intense year for me because uh, I went to a lot of researchers that we speak to. And I said, uh, so most of our conversations are about what are your struggles? How are you going through the publication process? Do you need any support? And do you need any resources? How can we help you? But this was about what do you think about peer review? And do you want to say anything to peer reviewers? Mm -hmm. And I think we got hundreds of notes, thank you notes from authors to peer reviewers saying, thank you for your time. It matters to me that you did this. You changed my life. Because of you, I could improve my paper and that led to something else. Because of you, I did this. I have, I'm sorry, I have goosebumps now. I tend to uh, be very passionate about these things. But I think that was beautiful to witness for me and you know, to see the community come out and speak and the fact that there were hundreds of these. So uh, one of the things that I did was I created quick postcards and I started sharing them on social media because I didn't want to keep them within the organization. This needed to be told. So for me, I think this was uh, this was an important milestone uh, and it was beautiful to witness because while we feel that peer review week, uh, peer review is important, it's integral to the process, we don't really know, we don't, we don't really always know what the authors think. And there's, there's generally a lack of conversation between these two parties, probably mm -hmm. because for the longest time, a majority of the process has been blinded. Perhaps open peer review might sort some of these problems out, but to hear notes of gratitude from authors was beautiful. Um, I, can, I can send a couple of these across to you just to show how awesome this was. Um, I think this was one. And the other was diversity in peer review. That's when we heard so many different voices, not just from authors, but from aspiring peer reviewers. Because for an author, for a researcher, being a peer reviewer is big. It's, it's really awesome when a journal editor writes to you and says, hey, I have this paper. I think you can, you can review it. Would you like to do it? So imagine the pride the person feels. So we had so many conversations with authors uh, and, we, and we took this we took this to a couple of their departments and we said, hey, you know what? This person wants to grow this way. Can you, can you facilitate it? And that sort of helped a lot. And I've also seen a lot of, uh, a lot of resources for reviewers develop as, as a result and during peer review week. So training courses for reviewers, best practices for reviewers. I think it's, it's nice that this time of the year gives boost or you know, makes people remember 
that uh, reminds people that you know let's let's focus on this and let's see what we can do for every stakeholder in this cycle because without each and every one of these uh, <laughs> science cannot happen communicating that science cannot happen impact cannot happen and policies will not be uh, will not be formed then yeah was there a moment or two in your experience that stood out to you or were they similar to what Jayashree was uh, was sharing so I have to say, Jayashri has been involved in Peer Review Week a lot longer than me. I'm like a newbie still, kind of. I think I first um, started helping with Peer Review Week in 2020 as steering committee uh, member, and then I um, joined on as uh, co-chair in 2021. And I, it's been so cool to hear from her, and Jayashri is such an awesome co-chair in that she has like all this institutional knowledge, hearing about all these past experiences. <laughs> And, um, you know, I think it just helps us then generate new ideas. Um, so yeah, I would say in my short, short lived peer review week career, um, I, I think the identity theme was really cool. And I, I think kind of, it's almost like the trust um, and integrity one right now, like, you know, we did diversity before and then identity, it was similar, but it was different. So I think that was cool. And um, something that we did was a panel with early career researchers about them forming their identities and really kind of getting into peer review. And I think it's cool because I feel like anybody, when you're you know starting out, there's always that chicken and egg problem of like, I want to be a reviewer, but I've never done it before, you know, or I want to write a paper, but I've never done it before. And how do I kind of get my foot in the door? Um, and in that panel, we were able to bring together the early career researchers themselves, you know, some people representing that group, we had a very diverse group as well. And then we had um, people working with publishers, um, editors of journals. Um, so that I think was a really fun conversation. And I feel like even if just from that small group, everybody kind of came away with ideas and kind of action steps related to that. So that was a cool one. Awesome. Unai, did you want to jump in with the question? Yeah, why not? So let's let's move to next uh, to the next question. Um, I would say that the publishing uh, as a whole has been evolving quite a lot for the last decades and, and years. So we've moved to from the traditional models of also to the open access. We have also known the peer uh, the preprints, and uh, my question is, where is the peer review going? I mean, do you foresee there will be changes in the peer review? Do you think that we will keep it as it is, as a, I don't know how to say it, as a gatekeeper of the quality of the process? Or maybe can you foresee a future where there will be no peer review and we will just go to a post-publication scenario where authors will just freely comment on the published content or just, how, what do you think about that? That's a very juicy question, is what I think, <laughs> first of all. And um, I really like that you smiled all through while asking us this question, because you probably knew how difficult it was. So thank you. <laughs> but um, I think change is the only constant. Uh, it's a cliche, but it's really true. I don't think uh, everything will remain the same. To a great extent, we have already seen peer review evolve. Uh, change a lot compared to what it might have been several years ago. Today, we are speaking about uh, terms we would never have brought up several years ago, open peer review, preprints, post-publication peer review. I think one of the biggest game changers, the way I see it, one of the biggest game changers in, in the future of peer review is, is AI and technology. 
I feel that uh, a lot of us are uh, a lot of us are thinking about how can we reduce the burden on the people involved uh, in the best possible way, but in a way that doesn't really affect the quality of the work. How can AI be introduced to um, you know to introduce smaller changes and efficiencies in the process? I think that will uh, that will get a lot of attention how it develops and what kind of shape it takes. I think uh, it's a matter of time and for all of us to see. Uh, but especially after the pandemic, I feel like, uh, I think the need for speed is what, is what came up as, as a, huge, a huge theme and a huge pain point during and after the pandemic. We couldn't wait for something to go through the process, the entire, uh, to us, it looks slow now. The whole, the traditional process of, of publication, peer review, and maybe a couple of rounds. So I think the need for speed it will introduce um, a couple of alternative models of peer review. It could be hybrid. It could be um, open peer reviews. It could be post-publication, or it could be hybrid where it includes all of these elements of all of these. It could also be need-based. Uh, it could also be field-based. So I feel like it's... Um, I know I'm not really answering the question and saying so many things could happen, but it is what it is, right? So I feel like a lot of things will change. I see a lot of scope and willingness for experimentation. I think uh, the willingness was lesser before. People are much more willing to experiment with peer review and what can we do? Can we do something different? I think that's also a huge difference from before. And I think that is that willingness will lead to a lot of interesting questions uh, and experiments around period. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that it's hard to foresee and uh, it's something that we like to think about, but I was just curious about yeah. And about the peer review week, do you think that it will be evolving together with the peer review or how do you see the future of the conference or the meeting? Do you want to go first, Daniel? Sure, yeah, I, I think that peer review week, I think we already see it evolving with these different developments in peer review. And I think it is sort of important for everybody in the context of the conversation too, that you know, peer review is a process. It's kind of interesting because the oldest scholarly journal dates back to the 15th century, um, but peer review was really established in around like the 1940s. And that was when it you know, started to be where people were even doing this idea of peer review at all, you know, and sort of the evolution from that. So it's still a relatively young concept in the you know, realm of academia, which is sort of interesting to think about. Um, and I, I think too, you know, when we think about sort of will peer review stay, it's interesting because I feel like the question sort of bubbles up at different times and you um, have things like in 2018, Publons did a um, state of peer review report. Um, you know, and even with all these questions of can peer review be trusted, you had, you know, like 67% of people said it's extremely important to science. So I think that everybody wants to, or not, I don't want to make like swooping generalizations, but I think the majority of um, people involved feel that it's important to have some sort of, you know, litmus test, right, for like, has this research been done correctly? Is it following all the guidelines, of course, with things like medical research, like consort, you know, like all of these more very important things, we want to make sure that studies are conducted properly and all of that. So I think that there's consensus there. I think the way that we get there is, of course, the question. And with Peer Review Week, I think we definitely see um, that evolution um, in the different conversations we're having. And I think it's also such a great time to amplify new initiatives. Um, the peer review taxonomy was one that um, I had an opportunity to 
um, speak with uh, one of their organizers last year for a blog that Scholastica did that was with um, Lewis Jones, um, who is uh, part of the uh, committee uh, for, uh, you know, the uh, Peerview Taxonomy, and then also Peerview Manager at the American Psychological Association. Um, and one thing that I thought was really interesting in that discussion is, you know, with taxonomy, I think we think a lot about metadata as far as sort of like keeping the record of information and, you know, that's important to be able to store it. But I think something that's come out of a lot of these different discussions more recently is the power of metadata to open up new research opportunities and also to like protect the integrity of research. So I feel like we're starting to sort of dig into these, um, it sounds silly, but like these, you know, sort of almost like futuristic, like digital ideas of like, oh, what if everything, you know, it's like web of science, right? Like the original vision of that. What if everything could be connected? What if we could see, you know, if citations were um, accepting neutral contradictory, now site exists, right? So that's actually becoming a thing. Like there are these different innovations. And I, I think the peer review taxonomy is cool because then it's like, what if we had rich metadata that told the story of how the peer review process is done and that traveled with the article and what could we do with that? So um, I think that it's kind of cool because a lot of the conversations that have been happening for a long time, now the technology is catching up to that. And I think working in software, it's cool because, you know, it's Glastica. When we talked other solutions, we did a session with um, SSP this year that had Aries uh, systems representatives. We had someone from um, PLUS, uh, Randy Towson, and then um, over at Aries. Um, Charles, um, their uh, head of, uh, of software. Um, and that, you know, session as well um, was just kind of so cool to see, you know, these different people coming together. Charles O'Connor, who has been leading their software development process, Brian Cody at Slaska, who um, is so integral to our software development process and talking about how they're thinking about the movement of metadata and all of these like advances in you know, being able to make, um, you know, XML out of a Word document automatically. You know, these are things that I, I think we've been talking about a long time. And I think, it, you know, then with peer review, when you think about things like these taxonomies, it's like, okay, if we can get the technology up to the point of being able to do that, and we can collect this metadata and we can, you know, generate it in such a way where it's not going to have incredible cost of, you know, human and financial resources to be able to do it all you know, that's amazing for peer review and all these conversations, then we start to get to a point where um, what seems, you know, like the, you know, the hopeful is now becoming possible. And I think that, um, and same thing with open peer review, right? There are so many new tools and um, new commenting systems and approaches that publishers are taking where now that's um, actually becoming a thing in a more sort of structured way that, you know, maybe wasn't possible before. So I think that's cool that we can sort of take the ideas and, and keep seeing them through. I mean, for me, it's fascinating hearing bo both of these takes because one thing that's obvious, uh, like Jayashree mentioned, is that the only constant is change and it's natural part of evolution. And we're all so curious as to what's coming. How is it going to be impacted? Very interesting from the data perspective, from technology. I mean, technology shapes and almost any industry it hits to many aspects. So it's understandable that would also impact this and to what degree. And we're in a very fascinating time where we we're starting to see a little bit, but it's almost like wonderful what's to come. And, uh, you know, we could be having this conversation next year and being like, wow, did you see what happened last year? Or wow, we're getting closer to this. Uh, so it's fully an exciting time because we have to be open, I think, and embrace that technology will impact it. And now how can it do it in a way that's ethical, in a way that's uh, 
uh, in the theme of research integrity and 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 aligns itself, like you said, to make the work manageable and 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 better for everyone involved. So uh, thank you for those responses. The only um, thing I would add for like additional um, questions is just um, how people can get involved in Peer Review Week. I think, yeah. um, like Jaffe said, we've been sort of up here. I want to um, take it down to be able to let listeners know, especially researchers and especially like the ECRs listening to this podcast. You know, we we want you. You know, all researchers. We're we're looking for everybody across the um, spectrum as well. Um, people, funders, librarians. And of course, publishing people, I think Peer Review Week has really been, um, we get so many editors involved, um, you know, publishing managers, peer review managers, all these roles. Um, it's really important to have everybody's perspective. There's many ways to get involved. Um, any organization is welcome to organize their own Peer Review Week events. Um, so different things you might do. We have people who run um, webinars. We, you know, this podcast is an example, um, blog series, content series, different resources. Um, and then also, if you want to be involved in the actual planning of the events, you can join the committee. Um, you can find out how to do all of that on the Peer Review Week website. Um, we have a Get Involved page that kind of breaks down um, everything for you. Um, so if you just Google Peer Review Week, it'll come up right away. Um, and with that, if you have events that you're planning, there's a form that you can use to submit those. Whenever people submit events, we like to kind of help amplify them from the Peer Review Week social media channels. And our members help to sort of co-promote each other's events so we can all um, you know, maximize awareness there. And if you join the steering committee, you have an opportunity to be part of the future development of Peer Review Week. And I will say, you know, it's all a volunteer organization. We so appreciate everybody who comes out for the meetings and raises their hand to help with organizing the events because that's really what makes it possible. It's amazing, you know, that we're able to kind of um, continue this uh, with all volunteers. So um, it is important to always kind of have new people coming into the mix for those new perspectives. And um, we welcome that. So please get involved. Speaking of what ways to get involved, I think I just wanted to mention, um, it's, it's not the peer review committee, but Editage is running a survey on research integrity and peer review. It's really an open survey and there's no benefit that we have except just understanding what people think about peer review and research integrity. So um, if people could take the survey, I think that would be great. I've shared a link here. If you guys could include it along with uh, whatever messaging you have for introducing the podcast I think that would be great because this is all about community the more people tell us what people uh, what their thoughts are about trust in research I think that could also be one of the drivers of change if we know what the community thinks we'll know what things to change as well so I think uh, the survey also plays plays a really important role here excellent thank you for that and um, you know thank you for the work you're both doing uh, I mean, when you when you hear Danielle talk about it in the context of you wanting to people to get involved, voluntary base, however possible, it's just a nice reminder and a reflection of the work that you both also bring to the table and helping drive all this. So uh, thank you for your commitment to this and the work that you're doing and for taking time to speak to us and share more about uh, Peer Review Week. Of course, thank you so much. And it's such a pleasure to be involved yeah. in all of this. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All right, well, that's uh, the wrap up for this episode. Um, we spoke 
with Danielle Jayashree about peer review and supporting research integrity. And uh, we're going to include more information in the actual podcast post. So look out for that. And thank you both for joining. Thank you.